You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, here we go. It's a Tuesday, February 11th, and it is a Locked On Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt Derry, you with you on February 11th and February 12th, a Tuesday into a Wednesday. It's supposed to snow tomorrow night. Can't wait. Hey. But it is, in fact, day two of the Ultimate Division crossover. In case you missed it yesterday, myself, Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears, Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers, and the great Lucas Braun from Locked On Vikings huddled together to talk about the Lions. Today, we'll chat about the Bears and do it all week and kind of wrap things up at the end of the week talking about the entire division and what we see for 2020. But we are here on a Tuesday doing Locked On Lions today on the show. Two topics, then we get into the Ultimate Division crossover. A couple of quick notes that we want to get into today. I promised you yesterday Darius Slay, who continues to go on Twitter and basically show his hand on what he's looking for as far as a new contract goes. Uh, Logan Lamondier, I probably messed up Logan's last name, but Logan from Lions Lowdown and, and everything else was on Twitter the other day talking about how much money Darius Slay should command And Slay's doing emoji faces, Slay's doing thumbs downs, Slay's laughing at Logan basically saying, look, you know, the the most, the highest paid guys are Xavier and Howard and Josh Norman making 15 million and Slay's saying, yeah, man, not good enough. Darius Slay wants 16 to $17 million a year and wants to be the highest paid cornerback in the league. And he's putting it out there on his Twitter ad, big play Slay 23. Darius Slay should get that money. And for people, they're going to say, well, why would you pay Darius Slay going into age 30 the most money of everybody? Stephon Gilmore is a better corner. Uh, uh, the kid in New Orleans is a better corner. Um, you could make an argument that they could they could trade Slay and sign Chris Harris for half the price. I get all that. But Darius, and I, I keep repeating myself, but let me just say it again. Darius Slay is a really good football player. He's a pro bowler back-to-back years. Your team's no good. Your defense is terrible, and you need Darius Slay. And he might not be the best corner in the league, but his time's coming up here. Last year of a four-year, $48 million deal. It's this season. He already held out and set out some mandatory workouts last summer. He showed up for training camp. He's going to sit out again. He wants a new deal. Give it to him. You got $50 million under the cap. Why let a guy leave that has been good for your organization? Because he's on Twitter talking about his contract? Well, if that's the case, Bob Quinn would be consistent because he's booted out all of the Twitter guys. But then you're going to really, really, really have to start over in your secondary. Oh, you're going to draft Jeffrey Okuda to replace Slay? Sweet. A rookie replacing a pro bowler. No, you draft Okuda, if you do, to go with Slay. He's going to want 16 to 17 million a year, and he's going to want to be the highest paid cornerback in the league. I say you do it. That's number one. Number two, I got some audio for you from today's Colin Cowherd show, The Herd on Fox Sports uh, Radio. Colin Cowherd is talking about Tua Tonga Vailoa and says the Detroit Lions should take Tua and the Detroit Lions should trade Matthew Stafford. I want to play you this audio coming up next. We will do that, and then uh, we'll react to it. But here's the herd, Colin Cowherd, on Fox Sports Radio from earlier today. Check it out. Stafford's 11 years, 
zero playoff wins, no division titles. And frankly, it's been wide open. You had the Aaron Rodgers got hurt year. Minnesota, Case Keenum, Kirk Cousins. It ain't exactly Dan Marino. You had Chicago drafting Trubisky. I like Matt Stafford. Put him on the market. See what you can get. But 11 years, I don't have a division title. What's the loyalty? Well, he's the best we've ever had. That is a you problem. Draft better. If I got Tua and I got a cornerback from the Big Ten, and I, and I own that team, and I run that team, who's changing our history? A corner? <laughs> yeah, boy, I'm, boy, that'll be exciting. The day that happens, do you hear they got a corner in Detroit? Matt Stafford, the, the, you've had multiple opportunities in this division. Chicago's picking the wrong quarterback. Minnesota's never loved their quarterback. Aaron got hurt. McCarthy-Aaron feud. No division titles. His record in the NFL, 69-79-1 as a starter. Colin brings up some great points, right? Audio courtesy of Fox Sports Radio. Stafford's been there 11 years. Here's Stafford's record. Here's what Stafford's worth to other teams. Why not try something new with Tua? I think, look, Colin brings up a lot of good points. And, and I talked to my, my buddy Al is all over me about this. And everybody, why aren't you on, on board with this? I'm not on board with it because I don't think it's going to happen. I don't want to get my hopes up. This organization loves this quarterback. And trading him to draft Tua, I think, would be exciting. I think it would be fun. And we told you yesterday, Ian Rappaport said Tua's uh, hip injury is doing better. And he's probably cleared to be practicing and working out soon in about a month or so. And maybe he'll work out for some teams. Now you got national guys saying it's time to trade Stafford. And yes, you may get a, 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 a an opportunity to get that haul that you would be getting at three if you let the Dolphins trade with you or the Chargers trade with you to get to it, you would get that for Stafford. That's possible. I just don't see it happening. Ownership loves this guy. The Fords love this guy. Now, am I 100% sold that Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia love this guy? I mean, they, they say they do. But again, they might be taking their getting their marching orders from ownership. I just don't think this organization has the guts to do it, to trade him. And if you bring in a rookie quarterback to it, and if he's as special as everybody is saying he is, yes, maybe he'll be just as good as Stafford right away based on wins and losses. That's possible. Stafford's really good and coming off a very good 2019 before he got hurt. What are Stafford's medicals looking like? Would the Patriots be interested in Stafford if Tom Brady tells them, I'm going to Tampa, or I'm going to Dallas, or I'm going to Vegas? And again, I'll believe that when I see it. You know, would, would you trade Stafford to the Chargers with say, uh, San Diego? Would the L.A. Chargers give you the sixth pick? You draft two at three, then you could get Okuda at six. Then you got, I think fans would be excited. But I think this organization is in love with number nine, and I still say he's retiring here. I still believe it. But that's what Colin Cowherd had to say today, and I find it very, very interesting. I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't, as the host of this show, tell you I wouldn't be excited. I just am not getting my hopes up because I don't think it's happening. Coward's right about one thing. Drafting Okuda at three, you know, you gotta get a you gotta get a haul at three and draft him later. You have to. 
If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all about the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Lions is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Detroit Lions fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. All right, if your company wants to connect with us and connect with Lions fans, and really, really predominantly male audience, well-educated with disposable income. So put your company right here on the Lockdown Lions podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Lockdown advertising success. Again, once again, text the word advertising to 33777. Or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. The Ultimate Division Crossover Day 2, coming up next. Welcome back into this Ultimate Division Crossover here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Taking a look at the NFC North today, the Chicago Bears for finishing third in the NFC North. Not a season that played out the way anyone in Chicago was looking forward to. A lot of high expectations falling short, and falling short at the hands of the Green Bay Packers. Peter, I know you sort of got to see it from week one and see sort of the development of the Bears as the season went on. A Mitchell Trubisky that struggled early on and then struggled late on and and had had some bumps along the way, but still kind of rough patches. What was sort of your Chicago Bears experience this season as far as, I know Bears fans were, were all over your mentions quite a bit this offseason. Was there some <laughs> some vindication this year for you? Yeah, I'd like to direct everyone to my tweets from last spring. No, um, it, it, is, it is fascinating because coming into the year, the Bears were the team that I felt like was the team to beat. And, and the Packers were chasing the Bears. That defense looked like it was going to bring a lot of people back. Even with a regression, they were still going to be a very, very good football team. And yet we saw the offense regress in ways that maybe were predictable, maybe weren't. I don't think anyone expected Mitchell Trubisky to play as poorly as he did. I have a lot of faith in Matt Nagy as a coach, or at least I did. And I have to be honest, I have less faith in him after this season, given the offense they they put together here. And given his insistence that Mitch Trubisky is the guy, do you think that's coming from Ryan Pace or is Matt Nagy really that convinced that Mitch Trubisky is the dude? Because if the second part is true, then I have even more questions than I did to start with about whether or not Matt Nagy really is the guy moving forward in Chicago. And that's really the million dollar question this offseason and and one that's going to shape pretty much everything once we get to free agency. You know, the Bears, both general manager and head coach, say, yes, Mitchell Trubisky is our starter for 2020. But they're interested in at least exploring their options at a backup position. And sort of the Tennessee Titans model with Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota is what gets floated out there as the Bears' possibility with other veteran quarterbacks that maybe you bring in and they're not, you know, the Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, future Hall of Famer type free agent quarterback, but it's the... It's the Nick Foles, it's the Andy Dalton, it's the Marcus Mariota of all people that, you know, come in as the backup, but if Mitchell Trubisky continues to falter, then you at least have another quarterback option if if things go south as the season went on. I know Detroit Lions fans kind of dealt with the, some quarterback changes throughout the season last year. At least they got some hope from some of their backup quarterbacks flashing a little bit, Matt, but I know 
once once Matthew Stafford went out, things kind of went off the rails for the Lions, and they really struggled against the Bears in particular. What do you think went wrong for them that way? Well, anytime you watch the Lions and Bears uh, this season, I, I think Chicago handled the line of scrimmage very, very well. And you just saw the athletes on that back end. Eddie Jackson is, is a Lions a killer and a, and a terrific player. Um, I, I think my, my biggest thing that surprised me about those two games was how much time Trubisky had to throw. And he had his best two games of the year against Detroit because even with the Patrick O-line and, and the injuries you guys had there in Chicago, Lions couldn't get to him. And so that's sometimes when I think a Bears fan says, uh, and there was that stretch at Soldier Field when uh, Trubisky just, it, they didn't even need to run the football. They just, they went four, I think it was at 17 straight points where it was just the Trubisky and Allen Robinson show. But a lot of it was due to the fact the Lions couldn't get to him. So I, I look at the Bears finishing a disappointing season after what they did in 2018. I, I would think, Lauren, they're going to address that O-line, right? I, I, I would think they would have to and the running game a little bit more, albeit some of the young backs I think are decent. And, and again, the role of Tariq Cohen too, probably, but Allen Robinson, what a stud. And uh, that talk about a find for Chicago, a Detroit native too. He's a great football player. Yeah. Allen Robinson's going to get a nice contract extension here within the, the next 12 months for sure. They, they love him in Chicago and he's been great. And I, and I think their plan for the running game partially was just coaching staff changes that they, they sort of made their offensive coordinator somewhat of a scapegoat and their offensive line coach as well because those two were sort of not officially run game coordinators but they were believed to be more in charge of that aspect of the game and now the Bears bring in some different coaching staff options on that on that offensive staff to kind of fill out Matt Nagy's side with maybe some other guys that could focus on the run game and, and try and get things rolling in that direction but it, it still felt like as the season wrapped up especially when the Bears played at Minnesota against the Vikings backups and Sean Mannion. The Bears still struggled to even pull that one out. And I don't know, Luke, did you kind of get the impression this season that the Vikings especially were just so solid all around the roster and that they were, uh, at least when it comes to the Bears, maybe a a little bit of a class above? I, I know the Bears... Ended up getting both of the victories. It's kind of a weird yeah, thing. They haven't where, beat the Bears in two years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they haven't beat the Bears in two years, but it felt like the Vikings were were just the better team a lot of the time. Yeah, well, so the first game was like kind of the rock bottom of the Vikings season, and that was the one that kind of spurred that whole, you know, deal with Stefan Diggs. And the second game, they didn't have their starters in. So, yeah, it was probably the Bears probably saw the worst of the Vikings, but you still saw like the scheme completely fall apart against that Bears defense. And I guess what is interesting to me about the bears is, I mean, everybody kind of saw that defensive regression coming in, uh, in, in 2019 compared to 2018, where you just knew you couldn't keep that up. But now 2020, I mean, they had a much more like kind of, I would say average year for them, which is an above average total year. But like, does that mean that the Bears defense is going to be more like 2019 or do they have another 2018 in them? And what kind of turnover are we looking at there? Because that's what scares me the most is the Bears defense. I'm not scared of Mitch Trubisky and like maybe Andy Dalton. I'm scared of the defense. And for now, they've got most of the same defensive pieces in place. They they have a decision to make at inside linebacker next to Roquan Smith. And then at whatever, whoever's going to start at safety next to Eddie Jackson, whether they want to bring back the former Packer, haha, Clinton Dix, or get more of a, a, a yeah, right, a, a more of a traditional strong safety paired Eddie with Eddie Jackson to, to let Jackson play a little bit more of that deep safety. But other than that, I think the Bears would like to get a little bit better pass rush around Khalil Mack. But I think this team kind of feels like 
if they could stay healthy and if you know they had Akeem Hicks for a full 16 games again and if Roquan Smith was healthy and Danny Trevathan was healthy and uh, just injuries started to pile up in a way that again maybe matches some of this regression talk that they were so healthy in 2018 that made a big difference and if they could have those guys for more games more consistently this season uh, I think that would go a long way to getting this defense back where they need to be and then if they can just add a couple more pieces offensively maybe get some better quarterback play from somebody Mitchell Trubisky or not the pieces are there to at least be back in the playoff discussion, but maybe not quite as dominant. I think 2018 is a bit above where their baseline is, and maybe 2019 was slightly below where they feel their baseline is with competent quarterback play, which, again, we come back to being sort of the million-dollar question here. Lauren, it seems so like if there's one place that the the Bears could really take a step forward with, um, you know, we, you talked about the quarterback play. I think that's the obvious choice. But one of the reasons why Mitch Trubisky took a step back this past season was they couldn't protect him the same way. And they didn't, until the end of the season, start moving him around more, rolling him out. Uh, Kyle Long is retiring. And it seemed like when he went out, they, they, Bears fans were actually happy about it because he'd been playing so poorly, battling injuries. It, it seems like, and you absolutely correct me if I'm wrong, that the offensive line is low-key a big need for this team because if they can protect Trubisky, at the very least, you're putting him in the best position you can to succeed, and then even if he still can't do it then, you know for sure he's just not the guy. It definitely needs to improve, but it's hard from an off-season needs standpoint that four of their five starters are locked in 2020 and probably 2021 with their current contracts, with with guaranteed money. And and four of their five starters, again, the fifth being Kyle Long, who retired. The other four have played well. I mean, they're younger guys, with the exception of Bobby Massey. They they had really strong 2018 seasons. James Daniels and Cody Whitehair, both recent second-round picks on the inside with plenty of potential. Charles Leno at left tackle has had his ups and downs, but has been a solid enough blindside protector. And then Bobby Massey has kind of been an average right tackle, but you can live with an average right tackle. So like their only place to improve right now is right guard because everybody else is locked in and they kind of just need everybody on that offensive line to play better. And that's a common theme on this roster that the guys that they have there, a lot of them are coming back and they, they need Mitchell Trubisky to play better. They need the offensive line to play better. They need their tight ends to play better. They need their pass rushers to play better. And I guess a lot of that kind of points to coaching. And I think there's going to be a pretty big spotlight on Matt Nagy this season And we're going to keep putting the spotlight on NFC North teams all week long here on the Ultimate Division Crossover on the Locked On Podcast Network.